one day, it was Halloween of 2015, I decided I had had enough. I had my last drink in Sapphire Strip Club. It was good old strip club red wine. And I got angry about something. And I left. And I cried. And I started walking. And I walked and I did all of my usual activities and haunts and places I would end up. And I just decided that I was done. So I called a friend who had stopped drinking many years prior. I had to call him a number of times for him to pick up the phone because it was like 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, and he picked up and he said, come over. I went to his house and he talked to me. And he sent me to my first AA meeting. And that Halloween, I wasn't quite sure what my costume was, but I was dressed up in basically in my son's school uniform. I had like his shirt and tie on and a blazer. And then I like drew a mustache on my face. So like, I don't know if I was like a, like a child businessman with a ponytail. Like, I don't know what the hell I was, but I still had this costume on. The mustache was like kind of smeared across my face. Um, and I went directly from my friend's house to an AA meeting. You have found the place to be. This is the Self-Love Peddler Show. I'm Sophie McCallum, your personal self-love peddler. Please leave the single narrative, airbrushed, beauty bot images you have been forced fed at the door. Here we examine our relationship with our bodies and the many shapes and nuances our bodies have. The only way to end women's cycle of body shaming, judgment, and self-loathing is through a common pact and plan to change the way we collectively think about our bodies and the bodies of those around us. Welcome to the journey. So when I drank, I ran and I hid and I cried. And one day, one day, it was Halloween of 2015, I decided I had had enough. I had my last drink in Sapphire Strip Club. It was good old strip club red wine. And I got angry about something. And I left. And I cried. And I started walking. And I walked and I did all of my usual activities and haunts and places I would end up. And I just decided that I was done. So I called a friend who had stopped drinking many years prior. I had to call him a number of times for him to pick up the phone because it was like 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, and he picked up and he said, come over. I went to his house and he talked to me and he sent me to my first AA meeting. And that Halloween, I wasn't quite sure what my costume was, but I was dressed up in basically in my son's school uniform. I had like his shirt and tie on and a blazer. And then I like drew a mustache on my face. So like, I don't know if I was like a, like a child businessman with a ponytail. Like, I don't know what the hell I was, but I still had this costume on. The mustache was like kind of smeared across my face. Um, and I went directly from my friend's house to an AA meeting. And it was an early Sunday morning, 8 a.m. AA meeting. And I sat there and I cried and I cried and I cried and I kept crying. And then I left the meeting and I went back downtown because my night had ended at a hotel in Soho. And for a variety of uninteresting reasons, I had to go back downtown. I couldn't go home. And um, I went into this restaurant and had brunch. And um, 
the table next to me said, ordered me a glass of champagne because they said I looked so sad and they wanted to cheer me up. So the champagne is put down in front of me and I like absolutely no part of me wanted anything to do with this champagne. And I looked at them and I said, thank you, but I don't drink. Like I'm, I'm probably still a little drunk at this point, but some like switch in me went off and I said, I don't drink. I remember my third AA meeting was the first time I went to an AA Not every AA meeting has someone talking. That's what you see in TV and movies, but sometimes it's just people sharing. So this was the first time I went where like one person spoke. And this was an older woman. She and I were very similar in some ways and very different in other ways. But all of the words that came out of her mouth could have come out of my mouth. All of the feelings she felt... I had felt. And I thought this was just like some fucking miracle. Like, of all the gin joints in New York, I find someone who thinks just like I do. Of all the AA meetings, I go to the one where the woman who's sharing tells my story. But no. I came to realize that when you have this disease and you go to these meetings, everybody has the same feelings. Everybody tells the same story. You go from feeling as if you don't fit in and you're not comfortable in your own skin and you don't know who you are to a room of people who identify with you and share all those same feelings and are living in a solution. And that is one of the main reasons this shit works. So I continued to go every day. I would drop my kids off at school. I would go to a meeting. I would come home. I would lie in front of my gas fireplace in the city with my coat on until it was time to pick my kids up. I would get up, get my kids, come home. And I just did that pattern for a while, right? Just keep going, one foot in front of the other. AA told me not to think. I remember I had a hard day in the beginning and I called my sponsor and I'm like, I just really need to sit down and think this through. And she was like, nope. No thinking for you. <laughs> you don't get to think. You just put one foot in front of the other right now. And that is what I did. Hello, wonderful, worthy, self-loving women. I'm thrilled to introduce you to my newest course, Mastering Your Love Centers Through Conscious, Compassionate Self-Love. There's a gold medal in being you waiting for you. Are you ready to accept it? This course is about the ever-evolving process of self-love and self-discovery. If fully embraced just like self-love, it is endless and can deliver boundless results. Through this course, you will find yourself living fully as your greatest you. In Flourish and Fly, my introductory course, we talk about learning to love ourselves. We learn to see that we are worth the gold. Here we take action. Here we grab that gold medal. Remember, you can achieve a silver trying to be someone else, but only you have the right to your gold, to your unique glory. Join me inside of Mastering Your Love Centers through conscious, compassionate self-love and grab your gold. It's already yours for the taking. Are you ready? Join me. Your time is now. One night I was home with my kids. They were not very big and they shouldn't have been left alone. But I was so uncomfortable with feeling all of these emotions for the first time and not having a glass of wine. Because like, well, I didn't drink heavily until my kids went to bed. It's not like I didn't start drinking until they went to bed. Like I would have a couple glasses of wine while they were awake. And without that, it was like I was a stranger in a strange land. 
And um, even when I was dry during those periods where I would manage not to drink, I still hadn't like done the work to learn how to feel. I was like altering my behavior in other ways so that I didn't have to feel, be it like excessive exercise or just juicing. Oh my God, the fucking juice cleanses. I'll never forget the night my son set the table for us and he gave everyone a knife and fork and he gave me a straw. And I was like, oh my God, that's so sweet. You know I'm drinking dinner. But like juice cleansing and then running gives you your own set of like altered reality and like and gives you this own high. So you're not feeling what you're feeling. And I remember this one night I was so uncomfortable with my feelings that I actually got in the elevator and I went downstairs and I went out into the street. I left my small children alone and I stood there and I just stood there for like maybe three minutes. I got back up in the elevator and I went upstairs and I returned. And, you know, I just kept working my way through being me without altering my feeling from something on the outside. I was going from the inside out now, not from the outside in. And I remember exactly where I was sitting the first time I raised my hand in an AA meeting, because they have a slogan in AA, we'll love you until you love yourself. And I remember where I was sitting when I raised my hand and I said, I love myself for the first time. I love myself. And the room exploded into like the most beautiful like claps and cheers and like explosion of genuine happiness from everyone in the room. Because that room was full of people who had already gotten there or were trying to get there. But like we were all in this shit together. And that moment was like the pivotal moment for me. Like I had had all that self-confidence, but none of the esteem. And now I had the esteem. Now I had done the work to build that esteem, which could join the confidence and could allow me to go out and be the woman I know that I'm meant to be. And that is why as the self-love peddler, I like to say, I take the woman or we take the woman you are right now and the woman you want to be and give them the space to unite and move forward. So really the self-love peddler was birthed in that moment of the power of self-love. I realized in that moment how much I had learned and how much I didn't know, right? When you when you have confidence and esteem and an awareness of who you are or who you want to be, failing is no longer scary because it's a part of becoming, right? Learning is attractive because you're no longer trying to pretend that you already know everything. Like, why the fuck do I have to pick up a book if I know everything? <laughs> like, what? Healing in its fullest sense requires looking into our heart and expanding our awareness of who we are. That's a quote by Mitchell Gaynor. So there was so much to learn about who I was. And I just put me in the, mind spec, in the mindset of like sponging it all in, of like getting what I could out of people, out of experiences. I started to really enjoy sharing in meetings with the knowledge I was learning about the program, about recovery, about the human experience, about self-love. And that led me to coaching. And that, as I said, eventually led to the self-love peddler. 
And I still do a ton of knowledge absorption. I read for work. I set a period of time, at least half an hour every day, where I read something to enhance my professional knowledge. And I only do that at the office because I really, really, really try to read for fun at home. And I am a work in progress, let me tell you. I don't have it all figured out. One of the things I struggle with is sometimes just needing to collapse in front of shitty TV. I've been watching 90 Day Fiance on TLC lately, which is like, if any of you have watched it, I mean, it's a real fucking waste of time. I can't go back to the housewives because I associate those with my like really depressed drinking years. But I now have a figure, I have, I have used some of my tools that um, I put my remotes from my bedroom TV in the safe. I uh, cannot access the TV and I have replay, I've replaced that TV time with reading. So like, I'm, I'm still like figuring out like how to shed the stuff that doesn't serve me and how to show up as my best self to support my family and my business and everything that I want to be. And Sundays are the day that I sometimes let myself like melt into mindless television because like if you want to do something, there's a reason. So sometimes allowing yourself to do it a little bit is okay as long as it's not super destructive behavior. So if like an hour of 90 day fiance on a Sunday is like how I'm indulging today, like I'm okay with that. Would I love there to be a time where I'm like, no, I'm just going to keep reading. But no, I right now I really love that. So my husband, I um, married my husband five months before I hit this rock bottom with alcohol. No one has ever loved me as much as he loves me. And by the end of my drinking, he was definitely like ready to bolt, not bolt, but be like, goodbye. This is more of a mess than I can handle. Like, I'm committed to help you raise your three children and I love and support you. But like, if you can't love and support yourself, I'm out. Um, and I was pushing him away with my drinking um, because I was self-destructive and it almost worked. But as I got sober and as I learned to love myself, I realized that I was never like fully able to give my love to anyone else except my children because that mother love is like deep and instinctual for me. But like you can't really give your love to someone if you don't love yourself. Maya Angelou once said, don't trust people who don't love themselves and yet tell me I love you. There's an African saying, which be careful when a naked person offers you a shirt, right? So like you can't be given something away you don't have. So, you know, my drinking started so young that it affected how I learned about me and how I felt about me. And I had to go back and do all of that work so that I could then, once already married and had a little sobriety under my belt, go to my husband and say, I really love you. I really love me and thank you for loving me until I could love myself. So like how does this whole like drunkalogue, if you will, and these many episodes about my journey from darkness into light tie in with this podcast that I have told you is about body positivity and our relationship to our bodies? Well, obviously, we've tracked my relationship to my brain and becoming a whole emotional human being. But the kicker of this whole thing is that after going on this journey and building this life and, you know, having this clear path towards a purpose, I still realized that when I looked in the mirror, I was no longer hitting myself with a hairbrush, as you may recall, episode one of this history, I told you that I would hit myself with a hairbrush in the mirror when I was younger. 
but I was still mentally hitting myself over the head for not fulfilling an image of beauty that had been put upon me by outside influences. And I also saw it in my clients. I saw these wonderful, accomplished women who had done so much and who were so worthy of anything and everything they desired and they longed to do, be, feel. And the barrier to feeling worthy for them was, oh my God, I need to lose X, Y, Z amount of weight if I'm ever going to be worthy. I need, you know, I need to fit someone else's idea of how I should look. So there's like understanding and loving yourself emotionally, right? And intellectually. And I did that work. And that work was hard. But what I've found even harder in this society because of all of this shit that's thrown at us every day as women, accepting the physical is a whole nother journey. So, you know, we're all, a lot of women, we're really hard on ourselves about our bodies. You know, it, it's like we can accomplish so many things and all of these things that we've done. But yet, if we don't look the part, we're not worthy. And collectively, as women, I look forward to squashing <laughs> those emotions that we feel and replacing them, right? Just like I stopped watching television by putting the remotes in the safe, but I replaced it with reading a book, right? Like, so not only are you removing behavior that doesn't serve you, you're replacing it with behavior that does. So if, you, if you're wanting to remove thoughts about yourself that don't serve you, you really, the best way to do that instead of saying like, bad, don't think that way. You're beautiful. Stop berating yourself. How about like really focusing on the positive and also looking for alternate standards of beauty in other areas of our life? There's so much of it out there. Before I started the self-love peddler, other than the brief sort of like anorexic, toxically stressed out, thin body I had to show off when I was getting separated from my husband, I stayed away from social media. And I thought it was really, really bad. And one of the wonderful gifts of building the self-love peddler that I've learned is that like anything, you get what you give. And if you're putting positive shit out on social media and you're putting that good energy and that high vibrational stuff out there, you're going to get it back. Like if I go on Instagram, like the only reason I don't like to go on Instagram all the time is because it prevents me from doing other things. But like my Instagram feed is like amazing. You know, like I hear mind-blowing stuff from incredible thought leaders, and it's so fulfilling. But my old Instagram, which I rarely tapped into, was like, I had only oranges for six months, and this is what happened. If you do a plank for six hours a day for three months, da, 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 it was all about like ways to change yourself, ways to change yourself so that you can feel worthy and valid. And now it's about ways to be in yourself, ways to accept yourself, the physical, the emotional, the mental, like this vibrational state that we are in, knowing yours and being true to it, while at the same time not being afraid to change, but change because you want to grow, not because you aren't already right where you meant to be, perfectly imperfect, absolutely worthy as a human, a worker among workers and whatever other titles you give yourself. Mother, wife, lover, lawyer, you know, but always be growing. Don't be afraid to change. No one ever said that just because you're right where you're meant to be doing exactly what you're meant to be doing means that you have to commit to continue doing that forever and ever and ever and ever. Like being committed 
to evolution and change and growth is so empowering because it makes failing not scary because you grow through failure, right? It makes me able to come and sit here and say all this shit. And some of you may be like, who the hell would ever listen to this? Done and delete. And some of you are thinking like, yeah, right on. This is great. Like, And my hope is that more of you think, yeah, like right on. This is great. It's like when I try to build this freaking Instagram following and like my goal recently was to get to a certain number and I got there. It was like my week goal. I'm going to get to this number. And listen, this is not about who likes me. This has nothing to do with like, I like you, I don't like you. It has to do with, am I serving you? Like, does what I say help you? Do I resonate with you? Like, are we like a vibrational match here? Do you want to keep working together? It's, can I be of service to you? And am I doing a good job of that? So like, It's all about like helping and professionally functioning in the way I'm trying to show up. So I got to this number and then it was Friday. And then before bed on Friday night, I checked my stupid Instagram right before bed and it had gone down like two followers, like not a big deal, but I was super excited that I hit my goal, but I didn't take that goal away from me. I hit those numbers, right? And those two people who dropped off, we weren't a match. So they're not supposed to be there. And that's okay. And they get to go find out where they should be. And, you know, as I build this social media thing that I'm working on, like, I love it because it's like I have goals. But again, it's not about like my trying to be like the dancing monkey who's going to like make as many people as possible want to be my friend. It's does this resonate with you? Does this podcast resonate with you? Would you like to take my course? Have you downloaded my secrets to self-love? Like I am providing things to people and the people who want them, I hope it serves them well. And just like every day in AA, one step in front of the other, I have gotten to this point, one step in front of the other, I will continue to grow. I will continue to learn. I will continue to share. I will continue to serve. And if you like me, I hope that you continue to listen. If you are craving to go deeper on your self-love and body love journey, please join me inside my private Facebook group, The Self-Love Shack. We meet once a week to continue our discussions and go deeper. You can also check out my self-love courses and coaching options at selflovepeddler.com. Follow the link in the show description for more details. I leave you with this. The only way to end women's cycle of body shaming, judgment, and self-loathing is through a common pact and plan to change the way we collectively think about our bodies and the bodies of those around us. Sending you peace.